Welcome to the Getting Mark Together podcast. 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 Hey, John, can you turn it down? The pack. I'm trying to listen to my podcast. Turn down the Packers game. They have a vaccine-denying quarterback. Oh, you know, he only won one Super Bowl, but boy, these sure command a lot of our attention. Anyway, he went on a guy's show with uh, no sleeves who yells at the TV. I don't know this guy, Pat McAfee, but I'll tell you what. He shouldn't say one sideways thing about Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Ro- Hey, welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, February 9th, 2024. Let's go. Big weekend ahead for everyone. Everyone ready for the big game. Do you give a rat's ass about the big game? Do you believe that there is a conspiracy to have the Chiefs or the Democrats win? I don't know. It's just insane, but we live in an insane time, which makes it very uh, challenging as a comic to to be ahead of the lunacy. Not to be ahead of the lunacy, just to... That doesn't make it challenging. It's just like, where, where are we? America, where are we, world? What has happened to us? What happened to the good old red, white, and blue? You fucking idiots who believe that everything is a conspiracy, remember, your party, the Republican Party, the grand old party, controls everything. They have the money, they have the churches, they have the institutions, the cops. So shut the fuck up, okay? Enjoy the power structure that you so slavishly uh, for late. Anyway, I hope you're excited. For, are you excited for the big game? Uh, former Central Jersey prosecutor, I'm going to be at your son's house on Sunday for the big game. Uh, my wife, daughter, and I are going up there. I think there's a small gathering of people who are going to uh, enthusiastically, uh, what? Revel. That's what we're going to do. We're going to revel. We're going to revel and we're going to say this is why we moved back to California. This is why we moved to San Diego, California. This is why I uh, have torpedoed my comedy career and sit in San Diego, California to spend time around my loved ones. (laughs) It's all worth it. It is, right? But on a, you know, like we were up around my dearest for those of you who are trying to put the puzzle pieces together here one of my closest friends in the world lives 20 minutes north of where i do and his father is former central jersey prosecutor who listens to the podcast and i'm very grateful for that in any case this newfound san diego life enables me to spend time with him and his wife and his kids and who they coincidentally live five minutes away from where my mom and juggling instructor live so it's great. So like last week, we went up there. We dropped my um, daughter off at, at, at her grandparents' house and then went and had a great time with former Central Jersey prosecutor's son and his wife. We went to their little local establishment, had a lot of laughs. And we couldn't have done that, that drop off of the kid and then go to their dear friend's house if we we're still in Atlanta. If we're in Atlanta, I would have had comedy shows on Friday and Saturday night and then still would have been able to spend time with the neighbors and their kids and dear friends there. But now we're doing it in San Diego. And I'm not bitter about it. I'm not passive-aggressive about it. I'm still just trying to figure it out is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out the comedy piece of it. Because 
I, uh, like I said, I don't have the bandwidth to just go hang out at a, at a comedy club and be like, hey, I'm the guy. Hey, it's me. Can you put me on? Can you put me on? I just can't do that. I can do that. Let me be very clear. I don't want to do that. I don't feel like I'm entitled to anything more. I should do it the same way everybody else does it. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to re-earn uh, my spot at every comedy club by just investing hours and hours and hours in, in doing that. When I did it in Atlanta, there was no child. And there was a wife who was traveling more for work. So I had a lot of time to myself to be able to do that and not feel... Mm, to feel productive, but also to not feel like I was not feeling guilty. Let me be very clear about that. And uh, it makes me a good dad and a bad dad, I think, at the same time. Good husband and bad husband. It's not that I feel guilty when I'm at a comedy club standing there waiting to do a spot. It's that I actually pref I'd prefer that time waiting to do the shit show, waiting to do the crappy whatever. I would prefer to be with my wife and kid. It's not just that I'm, that, that I feel that I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out as you, as you've heard from this podcast. I, I have thought over the last week, am I, am I, am I less sick than I was on Tuesday? Yes, I am. Can you still hear a bit of a frog in my throat? Yes, of course you can. The reels thing, I, it's, it, I, if I'm going to do that and I've taken a week off and I'm going to. I really every day think about deleting every post on my Instagram page and starting um, starting new with like a better vision, like a, a better plan, because it's been just haphazard. Throw shit at the internet, throw shit at Instagram, see your followers grow, and I have it. It just doesn't feel like me to sit in a room and have a hot take on something that happened. That just doesn't feel authentic to me. And that's, that's what's kind of where I am. All right, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to, I'm going to talk about myself in a couple of minutes. But first, and this is a 30-minute podcast for Friday. You know that. I'm going to, I don't want to weigh you down unnecessarily. Uh, 15, thank you for the review. Central, former Central Jersey prosecutor, thank you for your emails. Chi-Town, save me. Uh, much to discuss musically with you if you write into the podcast. I, I'm working on a music project. That's told you that's how in the tank my stand-up comedy is uh lnc i hope you i hope you are doing your thing i hope you're fighting a good fight would love we would love to hear from you but we don't need to hear from you we just need to know you're out there fighting the fight a simple thumbs up would would suffice for us i want to i will talk about my um reels approach and 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 vision for myself as a comic because the san diego thing is not working and it's been haphazard but so i'll get to that for the last 10 minutes of the podcast or whatever uh i want to see your enthusiasm for the big game i want to tell you that i saw a another documentary my wife and i signed up for hulu exclusively to watch a video called The Rescue. We signed up for Hulu free trial and we'll cancel it uh, in you know a couple days. To watch a documentary called The Rescue. Are you familiar with The Rescue? There is a, let me back up for a moment, a documentary I told you about 
you probably know about called Free Solo. That guy who insanely climbed El Capitan in Yosemite without a rope. I mean, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. He climbed El Capitan, which I think is a very challenging climb for climbers with ropes. But he did it without ropes. And the guys filming are like, yeah, it's kind of hard to do because it's your buddy and he could die. And you'd be filming it. Anyway, it won an Academy Award for like Best Documentary. It's an amazing picture. It's an amazing film. I told you, that's we're filmmakers. The couple, I don't know their name. I think and I think the guy's name is... I know the guy's name, but I want to be respectful. And I just... Her name is three names, and one of them is very long, and I don't have it. His name is Jimmy Chin. And I think his wife's first name is Elizabeth. I don't know. But I don't want it to sound like Jimmy Chin and his wife. This couple made the Free Solo documentary. They also... So that has a lot of credibility, I think, with us documentary watchers. Made a film, a movie about the rescue. The rescue is the the Thai soccer team that got trapped in a cave for nearly two weeks. You remember five years ago, seven years ago, six, five years ago, something like that? There was a, a you know, boys, I think the ages between like the ages, ages of like 11 and 15, they were in a cave that all of a sudden with monsoon rain got flooded and push them up onto dry land, but they can't get out because there's water and it's this long cave system in a mountain in rural Thailand. You remember this. I don't know why I don't remember it all that vividly happening. Maybe I had like a two-year-old at the time. I can't remember. Or maybe I had a one-year-old. Or maybe we're going into, into the having a baby thing. But I, I remember it happening and then you know they got out. Hope against hope. Miracle of all miracles. Miraculo. They get out. All the boys get out. And this couple make a doc- made a documentary about it called The Rescue. That I, I think was pretty critically acclaimed and I was trying to watch it. And last night, we just watched it. We signed up briefly for Hulu. And we watched it. And I encourage you to watch it. It's obviously a feel-good story at the end. There are also some interesting characters along the way. Do you know how they got the kids out? They have to swim in this cave system. They have these cave divers who, of all places, come from the UK. The world's elite cave divers. Better than the Thai Navy SEALs. Better than... The best divers are in the UK and then sounds like also Australia. So the Commonwealth was well represented. And the way they're going to get the kids out is they're going to, they found them, which is amazing. They were without food for like five or seven days. They found the kids sort of stranded on this beach in this cave system. But imagine that the divers popped up out of the water. And if you know all this, I apologize. Like I said, I think I was having a child at the time, and it's really fresh now. They find the kids, pop out of the water. There are the kids. Okay, cool. And then they tell them, we'll be back tomorrow. Because it's a laborious effort to get here. 
and we need a plan to get you the fuck out and we only have we don't have food we weren't really didn't think we would find you to be honest we thought maybe we'd find some uh, bodies we didn't know exactly what the situation was they devised this incredible plan that I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to ruin it for you but I think it matters me telling it kind of it kind of gives away a plot twist what do you call it it's kind of a spoiler if you don't know the story but it I heard it yesterday on a call with someone who told me about it, and I said, wait, they did what? I got to see this movie, and that compelled us to watch it last night? What they ultimately did, so you envision you're sitting on the beach, and my only way to get you out of the beach is to pull you down into the water and swim you several hundred yards underwater. Right? Well, I'm a professional diver, so I'm going to be good with this. You're not a scuba diver, so you're going to be panicking and kicking and freaking out. They found that that's what happened when they got some other workers out of there earlier in the, in the process. That these, these grown men were underwater for like 30 seconds, and they're kicking and screaming. And, and uh, you know, the guy said it was like a wrestling match trying to get these guys out because they don't know how to do it underwater, understandably. Here's the spoiler plot twist reason for you to go watch the documentary. You know how they devised to get the kids out of the uh, cave? They swam to where they were underwater, swam underwater to the beach, and put masks on them, breathing apparatus, breathing apparati, breathing apartachik. So the kids would have a... And then, to prevent them from flipping out because they're going to be underwater so long, they anesthetize them. Did I say that? They inserted syringes into these boys and knocked them out, sedated them, and then pulled them underwater. And the, this is an amazing coincidence also, is that one of the scuba divers, scuba divers happened to be an anesthesiologist. And it wasn't even his idea to do it. But he was talking about injecting someone, knocking them unconscious, and then pulling them underwater. And he said it was really, um, it felt evil. He said it was like, this is, this is really wrong. Even though it was the right thing to get them out of there, he, he just, you know, you're knocking someone unconscious, you're, and then you're pulling them underwater. And he was like, it just, uh, you know, that's not really a quality or an attribute or a behavior that you've adapted over time. That's if you're doing that, it's, you're acting probably against the DNA that um, ostensibly helps us partner together and, and uh, you know, work, form communities, make teams, that sort of thing. He said it was just very unsettling to inject someone and then to pull them underwater. I encourage... When someone told me that's how they got them out of it, they sedated them and then pulled them out, I highly recommend it.
It's called The Rescue. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I just want to mention that. I also want to hear your thoughts. I don't... Your thoughts on, on the Super Bowl. You know? It's a... It's a I was going to... You know what I was going to say? Is I was going to say something about the Taylor Swift. How far can it go? How big can it get? It can't... Can it get bigger than this? It's a little... It's a little much, isn't it? And you know what? She's not even doing it. I guess she's doing it. She's using the Oscars or Grammys or whatever to announce her new record. I'm Team Taylor. But I see why people... I kind of get why there would be backlash. And then, you know... But I guess she already survived. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to... I was going to say nothing insightful about about the Super Bowl other than I'm going to be spending it... Uh, and and you know what? I think the Chiefs are gonna win. And I don't know why they're they're underdogs. But of course, I also thought Nikki Haley would win in New Hampshire and she didn't. So I'm old for one on that one. I predicted Trump would win in twenty sixteen, but I also predicted or I also predicted that Nikki Haley would win New Hampshire. All of which takes me to what the fuck is going on with my comedy career in San Diego. In part because I, I, I'm not energized. I'm energized by numerous things, but I'm not energized by just watching this political shit show and commenting on it. I really am not. I know, and a comic's job, obviously, is to translate the times. And I can do that at a high level. Like I've told you before, I like to roll up numerous observations into maybe an abstract. Here's kind of the way I think of the world, and here are some examples of how bizarre it is, let's say. But I'm not energized by what did Mitt Romney say? There's a fucking timely, timely uh, Mitt Romney. What, there's a timely reference. I'm not energized by oh Taylor uh, Carlson, Tucker Carlson interviewed Putin. I mean, we're post. This is what I'm saying earlier. We're post outright. We're post outlandishness. We're post ridiculousness. We're post truth. We're post everything. That trying to be another guy with a with a microphone out there every day on uh, Instagram just didn't energize or excite me. It's not how I do comedy. My comedy is uh, is more organically derived, I guess, which is maybe why I'm sitting here, you know, without a comedy career in San Diego, as opposed to like getting up every morning and writing ten jokes and putting them out, and you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to having a daily reel. It just doesn't feel like me to be talking about things that I'm interested, but I don't really care about. I because I don't I, I don't want Trump to win, but at the same time I don't care enough to yell about it. And maybe that means I've given up. <laughs> but I, I don't care enough that Biden can't remember anything. I still want him to be president. I just don't want Trump. I don't, I don't want, you know what I don't want? Like so many of us, so many of us pussy ass liberals. I don't want what Trump's victory means. Personally, I don't have anything with, you know, any problem with the guy. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I really don't know how he does it with his, I don't know the stamina that man has. It's um, to be so, 
I'm saying I don't care if we elect a dictator, essentially, which is, of course, I care. Um, but I'm saying, I'm saying I hardly care if I we elect a dictator. And this guy wakes up enraged and suing everybody at all times. And he's almost 80 years old. It's, he's got some stamina. Comedy in Atlanta excited me. It was vibrant. There is nothing... But also I was not doing daily... This is, you can hear it. You, can hear, you listen to the lack of direction. What have I gained? I've gained immense time with my wife, daughter. I have a sedentary lifestyle when it comes to... Con I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means I'm not a nomad at night. And I'm very unfulfilled and and uh, bored by it. Not not by my family, but just like not doing, not having stand up. So I have to force it a little bit. I have to force it more, but I have to define it more. I have to have a, an Instagram vision. I have to have an Instagram vision because I can't just, I don't think, just keep, I'm grown, you know what I mean? And I know that's the way. But just to sit there and like, hey, did you see what happened today? And hopefully I get some likes and hopefully I get some followers. It's the way. I'm not knocking the game. I'm just saying that it, uh, you know, I grew up in a time, just to, culturally, where punk rock bands would be attacked by their fans if they signed with like a corporate label. And that's fucking insane. That's ridiculous. But that happened. Bands would get on major labels and then do everything in their power to shield that information from their fans because they knew their fans would turn on them. Hold on one second. I think there might be a pitch invasion. No, there's not a pitch invasion. I thought, I thought my wife was coming through the door. Where a band like No Effects had tremendous success and prided itself and its fans loved that it had tremendous success without having a video and without having anything played on uh, the radio. That's amazing. They just were a band that toured and connected with the fans. Bands selling out. And I know times have changed. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about my challenge with it. Me sitting on like Mark Zuckerberg, asking Mark Zuckerberg, and I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, I, I need a vision on Instagram. It's, it's, it's kind of weird for me just to post some perspective and hope that I did, I, I titled it the right way and Mark Zuckerberg's algorithm allows people to see it and then they click on it. And then they either tell me I'm a cuck or they call me some names or they like it and they share it. I really don't, it's not who I am, but I don't mind playing the game. And actually, I talk to people frequently about, you know, young people like, ah, in relationships or whatever. I don't like to play games. It's like, dude, the whole thing is a game. You, you have to play it or not. But I guess which brings me to, I'm not playing it right now. And I need to come to terms with that. 
and I need to play. I need to either play it better or not play it. But I'm not going to headline comedy clubs by just sitting on my ass and not making Instagram reels. But making Instagram reels does not feel authentic to who I am. Maybe you're like, well, therefore, being a headlining comic on weekends is also not who you are. And you have a fair point there. I need more of a a reels strategy. And it's not just, it should be every day, but I like, everything I post is not hilarious. Unlike each of these podcasts, which... (laughs) I miss doing stand-up so much. I'm going to go to an open mic on Monday. And I'm going to talk about it on Tuesday's podcast. And I'm going to hopefully have a renewed perspective on on something. But I still don't have a vision for what Instagram Reels, my Instagram Reels should be. Part of the the reason you would listen to the podcast and part of the reason the podcast is frustrating at times is it's just license for me just to talk about whatever's on my mind, whatever I saw, whatever happened at my kid's carpool line. Which, I've told you before, going to a more swanky school than like the public school I went to, it's good because there's like a lot of type A people. People are more type A than I am. Like the people that made the movie, The the Rescue. And it's good that my daughter didn't be around those people sharpening her elbows and that kind of thing. But it also makes carpool line very, very frustrating at times because there are people that are just accustomed to everybody doing their bidding And I am, as you know, someone who does not like to do other people's bidding and will just stick my car in the way and say, no, bro, chill. I was here first. I'm picking up my daughter. We both have five-year-olds. I know you're tight, but I got here first. (laughs) In any case, I got to sort it out. I got to sort it out. I don't mind playing the game. Maybe my reels, t- but what it needs to be is more enjoyable for me. That's what it comes down to be. I, it, and that's, that's authentic is do I enjoy this? And I don't enjoy necessarily walking around all day thinking about how can I make a joke out of Joe Biden's gaffe that he committed so that I can, you know, make an Instagram reel before I have dinner with my wife and kid or before you know, while my wife is reading a book to my daughter so that I can get it posted because the algorithm is going to reward me for posting something every single day. I don't like that. That's not, that's not enjoyable to me. And I don't like bearing, I don't like sticking my head in the internet all day or all night, you know, to, to come up with hot takes. You know what it is? I don't feel like I'm being most myself when I'm just try when I'm trying to be funny. That doesn't feel most like myself. And it's probably not, as a listener of the podcast, probably not all that funny. But part of what makes the podcast uh, authentic is I can just talk about stuff or talk about whatever I saw or whatever happened in the carpool line. And you're like, yeah, dude, this is fucking boring. I'm going to turn this off. Or your navel gazing and soul searching that you're having right now on this ninth day of February, I'm not interested. Or you know what, it kind of connects with me because I hear you at the precipice of what are you actually goddamn doing with your stand-up comedy? 
And that's a good question. And if there's something funny that happens on this podcast, it happens organically. Now the self-consciousness is just going to make me blow my brains out. But that's different than all day trying to chase a joke about something I don't really care about. Joe Biden's documents or memory or Tucker Carlson. What's the clever thing to find in Tucker Carlson and Putin and, you know, who, who, who does Putin want to win? The 49ers? Because he's gay? You know what I mean? Like, well, why do you say he's gay? Well, because he's the only allegedly straight man I've ever seen photographed shirtless on a horse. You know? Told you, limerick. You know what I need? I, need, I just need a limerick. That's what I need. I need a limerick. And I need to keep finding. That's what I'm missing. I'm missing that. Tuesday night, talk shit. And and I just got to make it a reality at, at a place in San Diego where I have tried. I can try harder. But that's what I need. I need a limerick. I needed the goddamn old sod. I wish that that would have spun up a little more elegantly. In any case, I will figure it out. I, uh... Is this still recording? I sure hope it is. Because you know what? It looks like it's being interrupted, but I'm going to keep talking and then I'm going to post it. I just need a vision for, I need a limerick again, and I need a vision for the reels. And I think that would, would set me free. And I don't think it is recording anymore. I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe it paused. I don't know. But I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a vision for what you want to be doing in the thing that makes you feel most like yourself. And to me, that's standing on stage, talking a lot of shit. Well, you got to play the game and do these other things. I know. I get it. The trash man's here. It'll all work out. Thank you for listening and, and really indulging this navel-gazing. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you on Tuesday, actually. Have a great weekend. And tell me why the 49ers are favored in this game. Okay, bye. <laughs>